Untold Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. In just a few moments, we will discuss the suppressed history of American banking, how big banks fought Jackson, killed Lincoln, and caused the Civil War, the War of 1812, too, which we all learned in school. Xavier Hayes uh, will be with us uh, to discuss. Just a reminder, get on up to the website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca. Take a few moments and explore. Lots going on there. If you go to the radio page for this program, The Conspiracy Show, there is a blue Members button on the left-hand side. Click that and register. Become a member. It's worth it. It's free. It's fast. And it's uh, real easy to sign up, and that gains you access to members-only areas. All right, let's get into the suppressed history of American banking. In this startling investigation into the suppressed history of America in the 1800s, Xavier Hayes reveals how the powerful Rothschild banking family and the central banking system, now known as the Federal Reserve Bank, provide a continuous thread of connection between the War of 1812, the Civil War, the financial crisis of the 1800s, and assassination attempts on President Jackson and Lincoln. Xavier Hayes is a researcher of ancient manuscripts and alternative history, exploring and documenting, documenting his findings on lost cities and the myths of the pre-Diluvian world. He's the co-author of The Suppressed History of America, and he lives in South Beach, Florida. Xavier Hayes, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. And you, you weathered Hurricane Matthew all right, I trust? Oh, man, I left there. I left before it even got there. <laughs> you you bugged I, out early. Good for you. Yep. Good for you. And everyone, you, uh, your friends, family are safe and sound? Everyone is safe. Excellent. Good to know. All right. Um, you know, we talk a lot about uh, central banking uh, here on the program and uh, how money is, is uh, or fiat money, the creation of fiat money, really has been used throughout history and continues to be used as a tool to uh, manipulate and and uh, some might even go so far as to say enslave humankind. Um, but let's talk about from the American perspective, and that is the the attempt to establish central banks before the Federal Reserve happened in 1913. We had a number of central banks in the United States. But take me back before the creation of a central bank. Uh, and I and I I would imagine this would go back to the thirteen colonies, perhaps. But how did they how did they issue their money? What was money like pre central bank in the United States? I mean, basically, it was issued with uh, by themselves. I mean, it, it was uh, their own currencies, and a lot of it had to do with barter and you know gold and silver. Uh, but you know, the, the actual American Revolution was the fight pretty much against having a central banking uh, system, you know, against having the king and everything else. Uh, but they still were successful in, in creating that because Hamilton, you know, was able to convince uh, George Washington during the revolution, you know, that's the way to pay for the war. Right. They had to, and they had to pay, basically. So, uh, you know, there was the, the establishment of the central bank after the revolution in order so, to pay for, in, in order to pay for you know the massive in order incurred. to pay for revolutions right. so leading up into the war of 1812 uh which was basically a forgotten war and it was pretty much the american revolution part 2 <laughs> it was you know a short little break and then uh the english were back at it again 
and a lot of it stemmed because the charter for the continuation of the central bank was up. Right. And I don't want to get too far ahead yet. I don't want to get into the, the, the War of 1812 quite yet, but I, we will get there. Just let me remind uh, listeners, Xavier Hayes is with us. The book is The Suppressed History of American Banking, How Big Banks Fought Jackson, Killed Lincoln, and Caused the Civil War. So we were talking about um, a, a pre-revolutionary America, the colonies, and they had their own colonial script. And so it was backed by gold and silver. Is that the idea originally? Yeah, that was the original idea, yes. So... I guess one of the rationales that that, that um, Alexander Hamilton uh, proposed, and there is a sort of a line of thinking here that, that to a certain degree makes sense, and that is if you can extend credit, then you can um, then you can take on massive infrastructure projects too. For example, uh, I believe Alexander Hamilton was very instrumental in in building the Erie Canal uh, and, th- and things like that. So, yes. and, and that and th- that would have been sort of beyond the means of the colonists at the time, because you can only spend so much money that's backed by gold, only as much gold as you have. So right. there, I guess, I mean, you, one could argue in the early development of the United States, um, perhaps, I don't know, you tell me, but perhaps a, a case could be made that a central bank or at least fiat money was necessary. How would you respond to that? It would be necessary if... The control maintained and was, you know, within the Congress or within the actual uh, the colonies of the United States. You know, not you know, the problem is not really the. the I, I think the central banking uh, system, so to speak, is is how it's used by a certain amount, certain few to gain control. So if you have foreign, you know, foreign elements supplying money for a new nation, uh, you know, he controls the money, controls basically everything else. Right. So, I mean, I think that, in essence, is the danger. What you're saying, you know, makes, you know, what Hamilton was proposing, yeah, it kind of makes sense, but uh, Hamilton himself, you know, worked for those foreign banks. Right. For example, up here in Canada, I don't know if if you're too familiar with our situation, but we have the the Bank of Canada, uh, which... Uh, back in the 1930s, it was actually nationalized uh, by uh, Prime Minister William um, Lyon Mackenzie King. And so it is a sort of our central bank, but the Canadian citizens are sort of the shareholders. However, we, we no longer use the central bank, uh, the, <laughs> the Bank of Canada as it was intended. We, it was intended that we could borrow from it. All levels of government in Canada could borrow from it at zero or low interest. That's how we paid for our war effort during the Second World War. That's how we built the St. Lawrence Seaway. That's how we paid for Medicare. So that's kind of an interesting contrast. Um, However, as I say, we we no longer use the Bank of Canada the way it's intended. We now go to international lenders. Uh, So the the first central bank charter was, was granted by the United States after the Revolutionary War by Washington in order to pay for the Revolutionary War. So who held that first charter? Which bank? Or who controlled uh, it? I mean, essentially it was controlled by the Rothschild. The Rothschild family, yeah. sure. Yeah, but I mean, it. I think they had uh, Nicholas Biddle, uh, the one who kind of was their main prodigy. As, and it said, I mean, after, after Hamilton was killed, basically, you know, <laughs> he moved down the chain, but... Uh, and Biddle, you know, who I talked about in the first first book, 
uh, the suppressed history of America, which focused on, you know, the, the Lewis and Clark expedition and uh, the murder, you know, of Meriwether Lewis. Uh, Biddle had a major part in making sure the the journals and, you know, what, you know, what possibly, if anything, that Lewis had been writing or that, you know, he basically was overseeing the, the editing of the journals uh, to to the extent of, you know, controlling the information. Right, so right. This, this is, and this is the same guy who uh, later on becomes, you know, pretty much the the biggest banker here, you know, representing the, the Rothschilds. It's, so it's, it's interesting because you mentioned Biddle, and, and, and today we have uh, endowments, things like the Ford Endowment and the Carnegie Foundation, which uh, also sort of control the is, you know the, the textbooks and how history is being written. So uh, we just have history being uh, history repeating itself. Xavier Hayes is with us. The, the suppressed history of American banking: how big banks fought Jackson, killed Lincoln, and caused the Civil War. You're listening to the Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Uh, so the the uh, the charter was there was there great debate about. Uh, the, uh, the the issuance of that first central banking charter, particularly because it was foreign foreign controlled, essentially out of London, England, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the founding fathers were opposed to it, and they remain opposed to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, they they were aware of what was going on, and they and they understood that like the army, you know, one thing fighting wars, but fighting the invisible war against the bankers, they understood that has even a bigger a bigger threat. A very famous quote attributed to, to Thomas Jefferson, although I don't know whether it's actually ever been verified that he said it, but uh, the quote goes something like, you'll know it better than I do probably, but uh, um, you know, central banks are more powerful than standing armies. Did he in fact say that? Do you know? I believe so. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, uh, I've used that quote and I'm a pretty good publisher, so I think <laughs> I think that, that was that was verified for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he basically said that uh, if we allow, continue to allow the central banking system, the you know the ancestors of the revolution, you know, they, they will be like basically homeless. Right, right. I mean, it, the, the irony here is just overwhelming. They 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 beat King George the Third. They cast off the yoke of, of British imperial rule in the colonies, uh, and yet uh, they end up paying for the, they end up paying interest on the debt uh, <laughs> and the principal uh, back to, to England. That's called winning the battle but losing the war, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, it, you know, the, the, the amazing thing is that they won in the first place, actually. So, uh, in, in they won because of the mixture of guerrilla warfare that they learned from the Native Americans, and just because they had to use tactics that, you know, to that point weren't really acceptable, I guess, in in, in the way wars were fought in those times. Uh, but they did it, and, and you know, they won, even if it meant killing you on Christmas Day or whatever, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> so, 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 and. and but the problem with that, of course, is, you know, how uh, afterwards, because, you know, it was a long, you know, 1776, it was a long ways to go afterwards, you know. Sure. People don't, don't even uh, remember or even think about those periods. Uh, so, yeah, you have 
the fight against that system, but I think it's kind of necessary to get to the point, you know, once you get up into the War of 1812 and so on, uh, those those sort of conditions created themselves, you know, those economic conditions and the way uh, everything was at that time, especially in the North, which was a lot different. Right. We'll, uh, we'll, we're coming up on a break here and we'll, um, we'll come back and discuss the War of 1812. We'll also talk about, uh, President Jackson, good old, was it Stonewall Jackson, right? And, um, he certainly, uh, fought the, uh, the central bank. He sort of ran on that. That was, uh, sort of the, the be all and the end all of his presidential campaign. And, uh, we'll, we'll also talk about the civil war the uh, the assassination of lincoln whether there may have been a connection there to the uh, the central bank back with more of my conversation with Xavier Hayes right here on the conspiracy show stay with us where there's smoke there's the conspiracy show with richard serrett Xavier Hayes stays with us the suppressed history of american banking how big banks fought jackson killed lincoln and caused the civil war so uh Let's talk about the War of 1812. How was the United States sort of cornered into fighting that war, if in fact that is sort of the uh, the, the, uh, the thesis? Basically what happened with the War of 1812, which is another miracle, <laughs> you know, how, how we won that is incredible as well, but... Uh, the War of 1812 was brought, about, brought upon by the fact that... Wait a second, I the, thought we won that. <laughs> 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 we could argue about that all night. That's all right. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, the the War of eighteen twelve, which was horrible and mm. and and very 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 bad. And you, just, I mean, that was Britain striking again, right? It was it was recognizing the banking system, recognizing that the charter was coming to an end, right? Right. Uh, so that was all in in there, you know, all those instances. And it was the time to strike. So uh, that's, that's pretty much, you know, how many people... Uh, you, I don't know if you saw the Mark Dice clip about 9-11, you know, like the 15th anniversary. Mark Dice? Segment. Uh, yeah, and, yes. he, and he's just asking people, you know, who basically asking about 9-11, and people are so retarded nowadays, they don't even... They don't even have a clue, right? Yeah, those man in the street interviews. Uh, the, yeah, the, mo- exactly. the most recent one he did. He he asked people. Uh, he he was telling people that uh, President Kennedy died today. Do you have anything to say to his widow? <laughs> See, exactly. exactly. It is tragic. So, it is tragic. It's, it's it's horrible. I can't even understand or believe it. It's it's twilight zone to me. So basically, like if they don't know what happened on nine eleven, how are they going to know that the White House is burned down by the British? In 1812, you know, right. Uh, You're right. It is a forgotten war. It is. It's. It's a blip in history. It is, and it was incredible. It was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of raping, a lot of pillaging, a lot of killing, a lot of, a lot of bad stuff happening. Right. You know? uh, but the, the funny thing is, is that the the, the unseen force, you know, that 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 whatever that is, the the unknown factor, so you know, so to speak. Uh, sends that crazy, like a hurricane or storm to, to route out the British, you know, to remove them from D.C. in that area, from Philadelphia. Uh, and then what makes Andrew Jackson, I think it was, I think Stonewall Jackson was a Confederate. Uh, You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Confederate. Yes. I think uh, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson. Confederate. Correct. Thank you. 
yeah, old hickory. So um, basically, he became a prominent American uh, figure after the victory of New Orleans. So, which which pretty much saved, you know, saved the whole country. Right, uh, right. They're coming up through up there through New Orleans, and he, Andrew Jackson, was able to gather, you know, free blacks, pirates, anyone you could, anyone who, who uh, wanted to defend, wanted to, uh, basically, it was like the last stand, you know? And they won. You know, it was, I think, God, it was only a couple hundred people, and they were able to defeat the British and uh, basically turn the tide of the war. Right, and so the but the charter the charter was renewed anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, How did that renewed. happen? How did that happen? Well, it was renewed, but it was only for a little while, and and they knew uh, basically because the war, like again, they, the debt, everything else, like so they were there. It was basically the same scenario as as, as the revolution, right? Uh, uh, but but when they did that, it basically you know, alerted Andrew Jackson to the, to what, you know, to what was going on. Because now he, you know, he fought the Indian Wars. You know, he was the hero, you know, the Battle of New Orleans. And now he was going to be, you know, he was going to run for president. You know, like he was like, okay, now, now, uh, now we're going to get, get it going. And, and, uh. Right. The year he ran was, now we're talking about the 1820s. So this is a few years after the War of 1812. Yeah. And now the charter again is coming up for renewal, and he runs on a no central bank um, campaign, essentially. Yeah, basically he 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 ran the first time um, on that on a no. I'm going to kill the banks, and they basically rigged it against him. And everyone pretty much was like, "Oh, okay, this thing is a." He, he basically doing what Trump's doing, you know, <laughs> showing kind of showing how rigged the whole system is. Uh, so when they had to do it again, they're really worried. He really ran on that effect to the point where I'm going to kill the banks, and he actually did. But when the, the first time he ran and lost, and you say they rigged it, it's, it's, there's some interesting parallels between what happened then and and uh, you know the uh, this is one of the dirtiest presidential campaigns in history. But they it's you know okay. they were they were dirty back then too because. Uh, they made a big deal out of the fact that Jackson had what they called a frontier wedding. Yep. And there's some, so there was some, um, because he married a woman in the frontier, I guess there was some question as to whether they were legally married and whether she had been divorced from her first. So, yeah, so basically they were calling him, yeah, they were calling him an, an adulterer and, and so right, forth. Right. So yeah, I mean, it was pretty dirty back then too. Yeah, it's always been dirty. And the thing is like, he was the first frontier president as well. Like he wasn't a blue blood. You know, this was, this was like, Basically, like Trump running, uh, not really like Trump, just Trump is not a war hero. Well, he's, I know it's in terms of being an outsider. In terms of being an outsider, exactly. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, Jackson was a Mason, you know, which... They all were. They all they were. All were. <laughs> they all were, you know. It's, it's, it's amazing, too, because there actually was an anti-Masonic party right? yes. that was running. It was the first time, like, during this whole thing, this is the first time that... Uh, like a third member, like a third, you know, because uh, Jackson, I think, was the first Democrat. So he was, uh, he was, I think, his party was like one of the first Democratic parties, and uh, and then you had the anti-Masonic party emerge because they were, 
you know, like, I give them props because they were kind of speaking out against these, you know, Illuminati type, uh, these, you know, Masonic type control figures, slave owning figures, right? So, uh, that was pretty interesting, you know, all this was going on. Uh, but Jackson had the people, you know, because he was a war hero. He was one of them. He was, uh, the first guy to ride a, you know, president guy to ride a train, you know, things like, an incredible amount of firsts. Right, right. Andrew Jackson had. And uh, so the people, you know, he really had, he really had the, the people on the side. You know, he had like the populist movement, I guess they would say. Right. They would call it, right? And, uh, yeah, and, and so basically the first one, Riggs, kind of exposed how the whole thing was rigged. And then, then the rematch, you know, the gloves were off and basically battered, battered them pillar to post because all they had, I think, was the Henry Clay or... They just had stooges, just, you know, do typical front men for the banks. Right. Uh, and, and to what extent did the central banks run Washington? I mean, little has changed probably in that regard. But back then, for example, were, were, were members of Congress, um, you know, were they owned by the banks, essentially? Pretty much. I mean, uh, I don't think anything has really changed in, in that regard. Right. Uh, you know, like, I think Congress has always had, like, a low approval rating for that. <laughs> for, oh, absolutely. For that, for that reason. But how does he end the, 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 did he need to get, did he, did he end the charter by executive order, or did he have to go through Congress? How did that work? Yeah, he had, he had to get the right people, like, the right, okay, here, here, here's how it works, basically, and it's true no matter where you go and what time period it is. If you want to make change, you have to be able to get, the, the people who are actually in the positions of power that are part of that club that no longer, you know, want to kind of be with that club, so to speak. Right. It has to come from within that. So he, he, Jackson was like smart and luck, smart and lucky enough to have, uh, people of, of power that were part of those, those clubs, you know, uh, to, to see where he was kind of going to, to, because you're getting help. You're always getting help from, from the big guy. So he, he got yeah. some former insiders to, sw- to, the, switch, yeah, exactly. to switch sides. He convinced them. He, he convinced, yeah. I think one of the power, a big power guy in New York, can't, you know, I'm sorry if I can't remember the name, but it's in the book. But basically, yeah, he, he was able to get one of those powerful New York guys on the side. And that was how he was able to convince Congress and get everyone on board to, you know, to ending that uh the Rothschild rule, right? Central banking rule. So they once the charter ends and uh, the the issuance of money is no longer controlled uh, by London, then the United States reverts back to what? Um, uh, gold, a gold standard is the money backed yeah. by it's it's backed by gold again. Exactly, and the problem right. was like the Rothschilds still owned all the gold, so they they had to to figure out. <laughs> how to issue currency, how to do it themselves without, because without, basically as soon as it happens, uh, you know, they, everything crashes, right? Right. Like Brexit, you know, like, oh, you know, they, 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 they fear monger you, and then you leave, and then it crashes anyways, because it's all rigged, uh, and then it kind of evens back out. Um, same thing with this, you know, once... And once they remove the, the, the Federal Reserve, right? Then, then yeah, same thing happened to Argentina in the early '80s when they oh, were yeah, I remember. they yeah. were pegged to the U.S. dollar, and they decided, well, we're, we're going to go our own. And uh, immediately they uh, again a huge crash, 
And it was rough for about two, three years. But then they had this an economic miracle. I mean, they're they're yeah. back into a huge bust cycle again. But for a time, right. Argentina was uh, was going gangbusters after they left the U.S. U.S. dollar. Um, so let's because there's so much ground to cover here. But I want to talk. We we have to talk about Jackson's death and the suspicions uh, surrounding his death. Uh, what was the official uh, uh, cause? Um, because he was it shortly after his second inauguration he died, or just set me right on the history there. Well, Jackson survived uh, assassination attempts. So, so when the um, you know when they were when he was opposed when they were fighting when the, the Rothschild banking system was fighting to renew. You know, they sent a couple of assassination attempts to kill him. And one was, was, I mean, basically point blank, like the guy had misfired like twice, <laughs> you know, crazy things. Uh, that wasn't the duel, was it? He, cause he, he fought a duel. He, yeah, was, well, uh, I was going to say, he fought over a hundred duels. So yeah, I mean, he got, he, he fought a duel where he got blasted like right in the chest and it stayed, the bullet lodged, stayed in there and it, 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 when he breathed like a heavy breath, he, like he would like rattle. So right, and Jackson, <laughs> yeah, and occasionally, you know, throughout the rest of his life, he would cough up blood because they never, they never removed that bullet. So were these British agents then that had uh, that had uh, yes, challenged were, him to duels? These were British agents, basically Rothschild agents, you know, with a typical lone wolf, crazy, you know, mind control type assassins. Basically, like they they still use, you know, they've always been a useful tool. Um, that way, when it go, if it goes down and doesn't go correctly, uh, you know they you can't really trace them. Yeah, plausible deniability. Right. Okay. So how did they get him in the end? Well, Jackson got them. I mean, he killed the bank. It was on his headstone. I killed the bank. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, but the problem was, you know, over time, he his like hero, his cult hero status soured, and he became, you know. Mm, his popularity waned basically because afterwards everything sucked, man. Like you know, the money, the system, like, everything crashed. Everything was horrible. The jobs were horrible. Right, locked uh, out of the international money market once. Yeah, it so it's it's pretty crappy for for right. I think almost a decade, like a long time. It was so people kind of blamed him, you know. Was, was uh, there not some que- we have, we have to break again, and I'll ask you this now. Maybe we can pick it up on the other side, though. I thought there was some question as to whether Jackson may have been poisoned. Um, and um, that may be another another chapter for another time. But we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, the suppressed history of American banking with Xavier Hayes on the other side. Stay with us here on the Conspiracy Show. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Xavier Hayes is my guest, and the book is "The Suppressed History of American Banking: How Big Banks Fought Jackson, Killed Lincoln." And caused the Civil War. And uh, this is uh, Bear and Company, is the publisher. How do people get a hold of the book? I think Amazon's always the best way. Amazon it is, yep. Uh, Bear and Company, they, they're great publishers. A lot of great, uh, a lot of great authors come, uh, come my way from Bear and Company. And, uh, yeah, I'm exa- honored to be on there. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, I, I, I wanted to ask you, just tie this up with Jackson. Was there some speculation as to whether he may have been poisoned in the end? Yeah, I think there was, but basically, I mean, he 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 had so many injuries, and he had lived such a hard life that uh, you can really, 
you know, dying of a mixture of illnesses, I think was kind of common back then. Right, right. So, so yeah. you know, I don't think they could tell one way or the other. I don't, I mean, why would you want to poison him anyways? Like, in, He'd already won, mm-hmm. yeah. Way after, yeah, yeah, it was way after the fact, he won. Right. And, no, I, I seem know. to recall uh, something on the History Channel where they exhumed Jackson and they and they found evidence of strychnine in his bones or something. Anyway, that's uh, that's another show for another time. <laughs> uh, so, as you mentioned, after the after they uh, they cut the apron strings um, and severed ties with the central bank, hard times for the United States for about a decade because, again, uh, like we mentioned, Argentina in the early eighties when they're when they were no longer pegged to the U.S. dollar. Now they have to sort of crawl their way out of that hole. But after they did, uh, it was boom time in America for a while, right? Without a central bank. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, basically, once they got out of the hole, yeah, it was good. Times were times were good again um, until, you know, I guess the Civil War. Right, right. And so then we need to, obviously, this is a, this is a short segment, but we'll, we'll begin this discussion now. Um, and... The evidence, I mean, this is long uh, discussed uh, throughout history, and that is how Lincoln discovered that uh, the, um, the central bank and the financiers in London were essentially financing both sides, the Confederates and the Union side, uh, yep. in this war. But how did they, um, I mean, it's one thing for a bank to, to fund both sides in a war, but but how how does a central bank manage to foment that war if in case, if in fact that is what what happened? How did they get the north and south to collide? Well, I mean, yeah, the Ross, the French, the French arm of the Rothschild supplying the uh, the arms and, and the and the you know the gold and silver to the south, while you had the you know the brothers on the English side taking care of the north. Uh, I think the whole thing was about getting it to, uh, you know, getting, they knew they had to get rid of that, that free, that free labor, you know, uh, and with the industrialization of the North. So they had to figure out, uh, how to fight, like you said, how to play them off, how to, how to, how to fight this, how to get permission, basically. <laughs> Cause they, you know, they wanted to invade basically the, the North and the South. They just didn't have them fight table scraps, you know, and then they come in and clean up, basically. That was their whole plan. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think how they got the, got them to fight was basic divide and rule, you know, he, with the issue with slavery. Right, right. And at what point did Lincoln sort of come to this conclusion? Did I mean, did he write about this? Did he make it known? Did he write it in his diary or a journal somewhere? Aha, I figured it out. The, you know, the, 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 the banks are funding both sides. Well, there's no real, uh, yeah, you know, like eureka moment in that sense. Uh, but I think with how the war was going and how they saw the, the, the relation with, you know, basically, if you went to, uh, I think, Russia, I think it was the Tsar. One of the Tsars was the one who kind of uh, saved, saved him in the sense that, you know, I think he was the one who let him know what was going on. Right. Uh, with 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 how it was working, and but because they came in there, kind of helped out, basically, you know. That's right. That's and, another forgotten chapter of history. Yeah, no one even knows. Yeah, no one yeah. Even the the Russian that. fleet. The Russian fleet. The Russian fleet, exactly. So, I think he was hit to the to, to the scam that way, and then with, you know, within the Congress, and then within 
you know, I mean, these were intelligent. And, and some even say that that Lincoln might have been even like Rothschild, like a like a love child, like his you know his mother was like the maid or something, right? Hmm. So he might have even been uh, knowing things that we don't uh, we're not even aware that he was hip to, right? So right, right. So so you know, figuring out that we need to. Because maybe you just went back in history and was looking at what, you know, Washington was talking about or, you know. Or Jefferson, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Jefferson, yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Like, and, and so basically they came up with the greenback. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Let me just uh, jump in here. We'll take a time out. We'll come back and we'll talk about uh, the assassination of Lincoln and whether that was tied to, uh, again, his attempt to circumvent the central bank and issue, as you mentioned, the greenback, uh, which is not, uh, it's debt-free money, essentially. And uh, that can get you into a lot of trouble with the central bankers. We'll be back with Xavier Hayes here on The Conspiracy Show. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Xavier Hayes stays with us. The suppressed history of American banking. How big banks fought Jackson, killed Lincoln, and caused the Civil War. All right, so the... um, do we have a handle on on what the cost was, both to the North and South, uh, the debt left over from the Civil War? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was in the millions. Uh, massive, gruesome deaths, gnarly deaths. You know, like I don't think there was anesthesia or any of that stuff back then. I think you know, anesthesia was a bottle of Jack Daniels or whatever. You know. <laughs> Oh right, um, yeah. The you know amputations and so forth was just a, yeah. a grizzly, like a horror had, show, they, an absolute yeah. horror show. They had like the saw, like you know, you cut right. the tree off. He's like, oh, he's hacked that limb off, soldier. You know, right. I mean, there obviously there's the the actual dollar uh, in terms of the debt, but incalculable in terms of you know a generation lost and and uh, property damage and 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 so forth. The carnage just unbelievable. Yeah, well, I mean, this you know you got divide and rule going on now in America, and, and I don't know. How it is in Canada, but it's really bad with the with the the systemic racism, you know, and the police brutality and and uh, you know everything else. It's it's uh, kind of the same thing, you know, when you look at civil war and, and uh, you know you ain't got respect for southern soldiers, you know, like they they they, they had their places destroyed, raped, women raped, you know, it was. You know, it sucks for everybody. Absolutely, there's, you know, there's, there were two sides, right? It was brother against brother. We tend to, for, you know, history, tend to forget yeah, that. Yeah, and like this blatant disregard and disrespect for history is unbelievable nowadays. Right now, the um, the Civil War ends, and uh, obviously, now does this coincide with the uh, once again the Charter coming up, the Central Banking Charter? Yeah, the I, I think the Charter was eliminated. Uh, Either before or around, shortly after, around uh, Lincoln, because it, it was around that time they had another, you know, the like some depressions, right? So when they got the greenbacks going, it really, you know, it really boomed. Yeah, let's explain uh, what those greenbacks were. This was this was Lincoln's idea, right? Uh, Lincoln's idea, right? Okay, and and this is. Just describe what the greenbacks were all about, how it worked. So basically, Lincoln, he needed, he needed, they needed money for the war. And uh, he didn't want to deal with the Rothschilds. So, and, you know, he, was, he got some help from the Russians, but he was able to figure out 
you know, just we can just make our own. <laughs> like literally, you know, to to pay for all this. So the soldiers can have money. So he basically invented the greenback, which is kind of kind of like I mean, if you think about like our dollar bills in America, they're kind of based on that, like the style and design. Like it was one of the first um really artsy green paper money. Right, know? right. And again, yeah. this is money being issued by the Congress, which is what it says, it's, that's the way it's supposed to happen according to the Constitution. This, exactly. So this is debt-free, this is, you know, good, and and, and basically it boomed. Like, what would happen, you know, if, if if they, let's say, you know, Obama decided to give $400 million instead of to Iran or whatever, you know, give each American citizen $200,000. That would create booms because it would be there would be jobs that would create industries, right? Right. People right. people would be spending money, and that's kind of what Lincoln did. And he didn't give them that much money, obviously, but he made sure there was money. Like he provided money to the people, and everybody was happy. Okay, and, so this is perhaps you know what sealed Lincoln's fate, according to you know sort of one one theory: the issuance of these greenbacks, circumventing the central bank. Uh, and then along comes actor John Wilkes Booth. Um, yes. And the saga of John Wilkes Booth is incredible because we have the most famous actor of his time. So it's like, okay, Brad Pitt or George Clooney or one of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. You know, could, could you imagine <laughs> one of those guys uh, murdering the president, you know? Yeah, it is amazing when you think of it. It's amazing. Like, why? First of all, why? <laughs> you know? And, and, and two, like, who was the guy and how did he do it? Did he do it? And, um, like the whole John Wilkes thing is, I mean, that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other show. Man. Oh, it is. That's it is. You have some amazing shots incredible. of, uh, amazing, uh, photographs reproduced in the book of, um, something that I had, uh, I wasn't aware of. And that was that they, that after I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but after Wilkes was, was killed, at the Garrett Barn, supposedly, if it was in fact <laughs> John Wilkes Booth, mm-hmm. that, they, that his mummy was on display um, for years and years. But that's let, a fabulous story. Yeah, but let's let's get back to John Wilkes Booth. So the, the most famous, one of the most famous actors in America at the time, shows up at the uh, at the Ford Theater. Mary Todd Lincoln and the President go to see this uh, play, which is ironically titled "The Murderer." So then, I guess, take it away from there. What happens? Well. First of all, John Wilkes Booth was, he, he pretty much lived at that theater. He got his mail there. So everybody knew him there. So the day of the, the murder, you have Lincoln, the Secretary of State. This is like a double date, and they go see this play. And somehow John Wilkes Booth somehow gets, gains entrance, you know, which would be easy because, you know, he's the most famous actor. Like, he right. do what it. Like, it'd be no problem for him. Well, as you say, and he had taken up residence, essentially, at the Ford Theater. Yeah, yeah. So for him wandering around that, it's no problem. But where's the security detail? Where's the, you know, how you just can go up and shoot the head president's head, jump off stage, break your leg, and then run across outside and then off into the wind? The problem was, like, the people who saw him, uh, you know, no one, no one identified him as John Wilkes Booth. So another another Patsy scenario, which is another interesting. Patsy scenario. They pick yep. someone. It's it's almost like you know having the pictures of Oswald with the rifle uh, and the uh, you know the freak the the communist um, uh, right, literature right. in his hand, 
And then right. he, he orders the murder weapon, by, you know, through the mail so that they can tra- <laughs> <laughs> It's so convenient, isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, he, it's so ridiculous. So in this case, they pick John Wilkes Booth to be the patsy. And they, um, they surround, it was, it was it the infantry from, uh, from New York State, uh, that surrounded Garrett's barn? Garrett's barn? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, to even get there, I mean, it was a harrowing, uh, supposedly just to get there. Uh, cause, you know, he gets past the guards and the bridge or whatever, like, no problem. But he still had to cross the river, uh, you know, at night with no lights, you know, the first, his first, their first attempt. With a broken leg. Uh, yeah, with a broken leg, first attempt, you know, he ends up, kissing the curtain and going all the way back to where he started from. Uh, you know, so I think he had to sleep out in the, in the, in, in the, you know, in the woods or whatever for a day to get back over to the other side. You know, this is supposed to be the most famous man in, in, you know, famous actor, like rich, like why, you know, never, never would even dream about sleeping out, you know, already being in that situation. Right. Uh, so he goes to the doctor first. I think the doctor sets his leg. I think it was, uh, what, Mud? Dr. Mud, and that's where we, we get to, your, your name is Mud, I guess. Ah, uh, right, right. Fascinating. Uh, and Mud even said, you know, I didn't look like Booth to me, you know. Uh, and then you go into the farm, you know, the barn, basically, where in, they hide out. In Virginia, get, right? Yeah, in Virginia, where they get surrounded. And, you know, they smoke them out, right? Uh, burn it up, smoke them out. Uh kill him, and then the the people there, basically, like, I think it was Sergeant or whatever was like, man, he grew a red mustache in a hurry, <laughs> you know? Right, and, uh, right. In other words, this did not look to them like John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes Booth, right, and they, they gave him the quick bullcrap burial, you know, and fast, nothing, like, literally nothing made sense. This is total cover-up, totally fast, totally got it over with, you know? right. Really done and, and left it alone, and and, and it's kind of like you know I talked about Meriwether Lewis in, in the first book, uh, how the same thing with the shady death, you know, like attributed to suicide, you know, when he, he cut okay. himself up and shot himself a couple times. Yeah, exactly. A common <laughs> theme throughout history, right? Fifty cal musket or whatever. I mean, yeah, that's easy to do. Uh, so was was um, did anyone ever resurface? claiming to be John Wilkes Booth? I mean, if assuming that this was a patsy and John Wilkes Booth realized that he was being set up, then what happened to the real John Wilkes Booth? Do we know? Here's the great, the great part of the story is that, you know, we know that John Wilkes Booth was a, a, a mason. And I'm glad you like the pictures in the book because I try to put his, get as many in there as I could. And uh, I actually have some good, uh, there's a good picture in there of, of, of Booth in his Masonic pose. Uh, yes, so, yes. Know, clearly see that he was a mason he was a member of the knights of the golden circle i believe which was the bit of an, a, a secret society yeah like one of the southern i guess right the, well the, the confederate president jefferson davis was also uh, yep. a, a member of this this organization yeah so so he basically got the uh he got the pass to to you know the to relocate in sort of the the Masonic, fed, you know, federal relocation programs, <laughs> and I, I think they moved them to um, uh, somewhere in Oklahoma, you know, some podunk town, middle of nowhere. Right. Uh, and and it came out after a while. It basically came out that you know he had a different name, and the the townsfolk 
and you know, had wondering, had been wondering who this guy was who had no job but always had money. Uh, you know, knew all the Shakespeare. <laughs> can remember, you know, and give lengthy recitals of Shakespeare and all this stuff. Right. I mean, no, no, no uh, offense to the great people of Oklahoma, but it's not exactly Stratford on Avon, is it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So he kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. And I guess word got back to Jesse James and, you know, who was supposed to be dead at this point, too, by the story. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but, you know, according to, uh, you know, conspiracy, folklore, and alternative history. Right. Uh, you know, he was still alive, and so he got tired of the blabbing of, uh, of boots, and they went down there, and they kind of settled him out with, uh, I guess, uh, some sort of arsenic, you know, lead drink or something. Right, I guess. right. So uh, what is your... Um your best guess then was 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 is it possible Booth was the trigger man and then and then the the guy they caught in Garrett's barn, which was a guy possibly by the name of Boyd, was he in fact the Patsy or who who pulled the trigger? Yeah, I mean because they have the whole other uh, agent that they sent up there to be the Patsy and you know one of the guys because they hung everywhere they hung yeah. like four or five people so, right. I mean yeah it, it I don't see why I can see how Booth would want to be. Uh, you know, because they, they portray him as like, okay, you want, you want the, the sympathy or want to, you know, get the, the real final act to be famous or whatever. But he was already super famous, and I don't see how that could help his career. <laughs> like, like, killing the president, I don't think it would, you know, would, would, uh. Well, you would think though, if, if, you know, the, um, they rarely allow witnesses or even the participants to survive. I mean, if, if Oswald was the patsy and then they kill, then they use well, Ruby, exactly. Ruby to kill Oswald. And then perhaps, you know, uh, uh, Ruby, the theory was, 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 uh, was knocked off, uh, some, you know, some cancer causing agent while he was in prison. Um, yep. so why would they allow John Wilkes Booth to live at all? It's kind mm-hmm. of a mystery. It's exactly. That's the whole thing. And they don't, you know, like I was saying, they don't allow the, to exhume the body, right? Supposedly, or whatever body that is, they won't, they don't allow it. Like, they don't allow the same with Meriwether Lewis. They don't allow right. it. You know, they just forget it. I mean, it, which is crazy because it's, it's such an intriguing mystery. And, you know, all of the, I have in the book, uh, a lot of the work from, uh, David McGowan, uh, he died recently, a great writer. He wrote about, um, uh, like the Laurel Canyon conspiracy and stuff. And oh, I didn't know David passed away. I knew David. Uh, oh, yeah, he did. He, he died. I, I saw it on my Facebook feed. Uh, oh, dear. Right. About a year ago, I think. And so I was able to get, uh, he did a lot of great work on the whole Lincoln and uh, John Wilkes Booth stuff. So well, that's, to, you're right. That's a whole other book. And Xavier, that's a whole other show. And uh, we'll do yeah. that show. We are out of time. Uh, ah, okay. In the meantime, uh, we'll invite uh, listeners to uh, pick up a copy of The Suppressed History of American Banking, How Big Banks Fought Jackson, Killed Lincoln, and Caused the Civil War. Xavier Hayes, thank you so much for this. I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. Appreciate having me on. All right. Bye-bye. Strangeplanet.ca, that's your portal to this program. And uh, please say hello on uh, Twitter, at Richard Serrett. As always, follow the truth. Follow the truth.